What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 10 of Press YYZ, a video game podcast, where you can hear your host slowly descend into madness due to social isolation. You can find us on Twitter at Press YYZ, where we appreciate any feedback you may have. I'm your host, Mitch George, joined today by the big boss himself, Alexander Cozy Cozina. Hi, I'm actually not descending into madness because this is normally what my life is like 95% of the time. That makes one of us. Also on the show today, we've got the film baby, Alex Ballant. I've lost all sense of time and space. Please help me. Hi. Nathan McInerney. Oh, you got it. Woo! I had to. I I took a second. I thought about it, and I got it. I'm also uh, descending into madness, but it's because I'm stuck in here with three children. Somebody please take them. Can I sell them? Is that possible? It might be illegal. Finally, we've got, uh, with his head in the clouds, AJ Fraser. Hello, darkness, my old friend. So what's everyone been up to? Wow, you're really playing into this, huh? Not playing into it. We're all slowly going mad. That is a... You certainly chose an original song there, AJ. Very... Yeah, I wrote it myself. Very original. Oh, did you? Fun fact. How's everyone's week been? How much Netflix have you consumed? I mean, the honest put too, too many hours into Animal Crossing? Like... I'm not joking when I say that this past week has, for myself, genuinely been one of the better weeks over the past few months. I completed both the second Casino Flower Kind of Funny Direct and the a um, recent project for gamers. And ever since then, I've kind of I haven't been chillaxing exactly, but I have been able to rest easy and get to a bunch of projects that I haven't been able to get to for the past couple of weeks. And in that regard, I've really just been kind of at ease in a way i haven't been for the past little while i'm glad to hear you feel well i'm going insane okay yeah (laughs) so how's everyone else dealing with this uh change in working and living situation so remember how last week you you asked us if we've been spending too much money on video games i said i had been yeah now i've joined you i've (laughs) spent way too much money on games the last week um so I guess to, to kick it off, I bought yesterday on Tuesday, uh, March 31st, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered. Which, which shadow is, dropped. Yeah, which surprisingly, I am really surprised that they decided to release it. Um, like, they've now had two Call of Duty games shadow drop in the same year, in the same month as well. That's kind of wild. Yeah, technically um, that and Warzone both came out in March. Yeah, um... And so I'm surprised they didn't save this for to package it in with whatever the next Call of Duty game was going to be, like because that's what they did with the uh, Call of Duty Four Remastered, uh, or Modern Warfare Remastered. Um, but yeah, it's it's Modern Warfare Two. It's a very good game. It's my literal childhood, as I said on Discord uh, yesterday. I thought Halo <laughs> was your childhood. Oh, I mean, you know, they both are. <laughs> How does No Russian hold up? Oh, it's um way more uncomfortable than it was uh 10 years ago or i guess it was 11 years ago as someone who played it 11 years ago it was pretty damn uncomfortable yeah it's it's way more haunting now because like they've added a bunch of new animations and i don't know if these animations were in the game already like just in general not just in that mission but like it felt more it felt a lot realer and that was very uncomfortable um and just it looks it looks really good and it sounds way better but that mission especially was like oh 
it's real uncomfortable, but I, I decided to play it, because you can skip it normally, yeah. and you still can. Yeah. I decided to play it for this first playthrough back, because I haven't played the game in many, many years. Um, and just because it is such an essential part of the story of that game, unfortunately, <laughs> that it's kind of like, it, it really adds a lot more weight and gravitas to the story that you are a part of this horrible event and you think that you're about to get the drop on this bad guy and then it turns out nope you're not and so i don't know it's it was really uncomfortable but the rest of the game is solid a lot of fun and looks great and modern warfare 2 is such a good game so it's just the campaign right like there's no multiplayer included whatsoever there's no multiplayer and no spec ops either, which I was a little disappointed. I was a little disappointed to find no spec ops at least, but I mean, it is. It was also a lot cheaper than I thought it was going to be. It's about twenty five dollars Canadian, a little over twenty five dollars. Twenty six ninety nine, I think. That sounds right. Yeah, you could yeah, say that so. they drew the line at spec ops. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, it was also developed by a Canadian developer, Beanox. And well, yeah. who are very well known for having developed one of my favorite games on the last generation, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. And it just, right. it hurts me inside to see them relegated to being a Call of Duty satellite studio. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot like uh, Raven Software, yep. which, if I recall correctly, developed this remaster of the game, right? They developed uh, the Modern Warfare uh, Call of Duty 4 Yeah, they did the, this yeah, one they did the first Modern Warfare remaster. Beanox did Modern Warfare 2. Uh, and yeah. Raven... To just you know, you know me with superheroes to tie them back into a superhero video game where the original developers behind the X Men Legends series, right, which is what as became well as... Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and we're seeing we've seen that as recently as the Switch. Yeah, and they're also behind a lot of other beloved classics like the Heretic and Hexen games yep. back in the day, mm-hmm. Singularity back in 2010. Yeah, it's unfortunate what happens to some of these developers when they kind of get pulled into the Call of Duty vortex. Unfortunately, we're, uh, yeah, it's nice to reminisce about these studios, but Nathan, I know you've been playing something that's a little more modern in Animal Crossing. Tell us, how many hours? So, I don't want you guys to look at me badly. We already do. I'm probably plus 75 hours into Animal Crossing. Oh oh my god. God damn. In like a week, right? Yeah, I... My house now has a, a uh, upper stairs floor. Uh, oh, you're, I've you're, built four bridges in my town. You're right, way down the rabbit hole. Yep. Whoa. I'm not uh, nearly that. <laughs> did a fishing trip yesterday that netted me almost 300,000 bells. Jesus. I've gotten the Money Island uh, a couple times. That was nice. I've <laughs> not gotten any of these. The only one that I've gotten is Bamboo so far. And I've gone to many, many <laughs> islands. I, I keep getting the same, like, three islands recycled every single time I try and go. Like, Dude, it, me too. It's really obnoxious. So I'm figuring out how to work the system in the game. Uh, a lot of people are using their fishing pole or their jumping poles to scare away smaller fish in rivers, which is how you get the bigger fish. And you can get a better chance of catching them. At this point, as of yesterday, because this morning started the new Bunny Day event um, and all the new additions, but I had every single insect and fish that was available to catch. Yeah, you have a problem, so, sir. A bunch of stuff <laughs> came available this morning. This is going to feed my collector's uh, collection uh, addiction for the next year. Because every month, there will be more stuff for me to get. Do you think um, moving forward, you'll be able to, at the very least keep one of these cherry blossom trees that seems to have spread it up all over the island? I think they're no, seasonal. I think they're going to go. 
I, oh, I just want to keep one. Just one. So, so just let me keep one. Because they're all the regular trees. Yeah. They've just all yeah. sprouted. Now, the bonus is right now is that you can easily f- identify your non-fruit trees from your fruit trees if you want to move them around. But mm-hmm. your money your, before it was hard. Your money trees are cherry blossom trees. So you got to be careful with that. Yes. So Well, your money tree only grow money once, though, my wife told me. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. Every time one grows, I end up chopping it down just to clear up the space. But I know yep. while you've been having fun collecting, AJ, you tried to get us all yes. to buy into your stock market idea in Animal Crossing. So you want to explain <laughs> a little bit more about what you've been trying to get us to do there? Yeah. So um, uh, Natalie Watson, formerly of the Waypoint uh, crew over at Vice Media, she created a spreadsheet um, where um, multiple people can participate and add in um the 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 value of turnips every every day now the value changes twice a day once in the morning uh and once in the evening um and th- there's specific patterns that you you can follow to to try and basic basically it's insider trading on the stock market stock spelt s-t-a-l-k because they're turnips yes and we're all going to become billionaires. We're going to try, except the only people participating yeah. in this form are you and I. Uh, Nathan's been Has in he? there. I forgot to fill it in. Uh, I did the first day. Uh, yeah, I think we need to, you know, pick it back up, guys. I couldn't find the turnip seller on Sunday. Oh, so no. Uh, well, you can still tell us what your prices couldn't... are so we can sell our turnips. Oh, oh, I could actually be Because we just okay, come I'll to your that. town. <laughs> well, the, the, I saw in a group that some somebody had their turnip price at 600 coins and they were charging people 10 percent to come to their town i think the maximum the it can get up to is 800 is what i read on twitter but the interesting thing so alex for next sunday you have to try mm-hmm. to find the turnip seller before noon they leave at 12 p.m That's on sunday so why. if you're sleeping on sunday wow. you're okay. slacking and you're missing out on them sweet sweet turnips okay. well i might be screwed because my sleep schedule is literally upside down now i am a i am a night dweller now <laughs> So, and it all started I don't with know Doom how well this is going to happen. So, like, what exactly is going on in this game that everybody seemed to be all about peaches a couple of weeks ago, and now it's all about turnips? What What is it about turnips that make them so appealing? Because you can sell them for money. It's about profit. You, you yeah. buy oh, really. You buy you low. Also, you sell I mean, high. you can also sell peach, yeah. peaches for money. To be fair, See, it's that's not the yeah. same. I mean, that's kind of disappointing to hear. Because I was prepared to hear, oh, they actually really look like. Uh, Penis expletive removed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're phalluses. Yes. No, they are not phallically inclined. Unfortunately, sure? as long as far as I can tell, unless you guys have some weird looking penises, these turnips do not look like penises. Hey, do you guys have any rotting turnips yet? Do you guys need one? I will need one eventually. I I was on a I was on the island of Mike, one of our listeners, and he had some rotting turnips. But the ants he he made the ants disappear when I got there to spite me, I guess, mm. uh, which I didn't appreciate. But whatever, he still lets it me sell my is... sell my fruit there. Somebody gave me a rotten turnip. Is the purpose of that just to collect yeah. the bug? Yeah. To get okay. the ant. I got the fly. Oh. I didn't get the ant. I need to get the ant still. Yeah, I've got the fly and the ant. Somebody gave me their turnip so I could get their ant because that was the last thing I was nice. missing. And apparently you can get fleas. Somebody caught a flea oh, today. Weird. All right. I know everyone's been talking Animal Crossing. So, and <laughs> Cozy, you have anything else you've been doing other than chilling or... No, I mean, uh, I need to get around to finally completing my custom PC that I'm in the process saw of building. Uh, I saw your yeah. parts. I'm so I, I, jealous. I mean, a, a lot of what I'm doing right now really is just completing 
portions of larger projects that I'll be able to fully unveil at a later date. Like I've been working on, for example, my third Kazina for Kind of Funny Direct, I can officially say that, Ooh. but like, I, I will not be able to show off the fruit of my labors for some time to come. That's understandable. So I apologize that I can't go more in depth, but that's just kind of the state of things. So I actually got my hands on a code for a game that I couldn't stop playing. If I could talk about that for a minute. And that game is Creature in the Well. So mm. it ju it launched earlier in 2019, I think, on Xbox, Switch, PC, but only just this past week came to the PS4. And I think mm. I beat it in two sittings and platinumed it right away. I wow. couldn't stop playing this game. It Damn. is, it it it's a real interesting mashup of genres. So it is a hack and slash game at its core, but it also has elements of pinball and brick breaker games in it. And it, hmm. I I couldn't stop playing it. It it had its hooks in me because like all of those are things that I really really like out of games. I've talked previously with you guys either on the show or offline that the first game I ever remember playing was alleyway on the original game boy which was a brick breaker starring mario so it's like i'm deeply rooted in those kind of genres and it really mm. it it scratched an itch that i haven't had a game scratch that way in a very very long time i could not stop playing it wow so um briefly yeah. uh back in 2018 uh shortly after kind of funny prom i returned home to montreal and I, i've talked in the past about how i played blood roots at this uh, video game mixer slash preview event for the indie game development scene in Montreal. Um, I went to one of those uh, indie game mixers shortly after Kind of Funny Prom, and as it would happen, uh, Jean-Bierre Saint-Ange Miller, aka the wife of Greg Miller, was there, and she was actually showing off this game. Yeah, and, yeah so full disclosure, yeah. this code was provided to us by Pop Agenda, which is the company that uh, Jen Miller does run, so take whatever I say with a grain of salt, but I freaking love this game. And so I'll say, at the time, I didn't overly love it. I thought it was perfectly fine for what it was. I was, I just found that the attacks are, well, I mean, I feel like attacks isn't really describing it right. Like the, a lot of the mechanics of the game involving, uh, you know, hitting the ball, like a lot of the pinball -y stuff just, I felt lacked oomph. And... I mean, I'm happy to hear that uh, it seems like it turned out really, really well. So it, mi it might have been the level you were playing, because as you progress through each of the levels, like e each level is really sort of it's, it's self-contained. It has its own theme uh, where the enemies are attacking you with specific patterns, or there's like one level that's full of dynamite, for example, and you have to find ways to hit all the targets without triggering, triggering the dynamite because it's more likely to kill you. Uh, and you unlock more weapons as you progress through the game. So there, there's a weapon that is a magnet. So when you you have two attacks, you have like a, a charge attack, which grabs any of the projectiles that are either around you or thrown at you by enemies. And then you have a, like a, another, a secondary attack that basically shoots them out. Uh, and you get a different, mm. you can customize different weapons, one for the charge and one for the uh, regular attack. So yeah, you can have things like a magnet that'll pull in all of the projectiles. You have things like the, there's like a thunder hammer where every projectile, every everything that the projectile hits is then chains lightning to others near it. So you're more likely to take out a group of uh, bumpers at the same time. Uh, and it actually gets really difficult towards the end. I had to replay one of the bosses probably a good dozen times because mm. I, I just couldn't wrap my head around what the puzzle was for that specific boss and how to resolve it. 
and the resolution was actually used as one weapon I hadn't even touched throughout the game, which is sort of a a longer weapon. So it has a larger area of capturing the projectiles that are thrown at you. So I was essentially able to guard a piece of dynamite on one edge of the, edge of the stage and stay out of the range of a second piece that was like a second piece of dynamite that was at the bottom. So it was kind of wrapping my head around the puzzly elements of this action hack and slash pinball inspired brick breaker that I, it, I couldn't stop playing it. <laughs> hmm. I, how much is this? I have no idea. Uh, give me a second. I mean, like, here's the thing. I, you know, obviously I want to support uh, you old Montreal. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, they have a studio. Part of their studio is in Montreal. And it's uh, $15 US. So convert that into your currency of choice. Probably close to about 20 bucks Canadian. Sure. And, and, and you, I mean, obviously I love a quick platinum. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know at the end of the day if this is something that's explicitly for me. But I appreciate you bringing it back onto my radar. Yeah, I, I would say if you're, if you're not so, into we'll the, see. like, you're, you're essentially only attacking when being attacked by enemies or if you're not into the back and forth of dealing with the enemy attacks while also figuring out what to target with uh, the projectiles that you capture maybe that kind of if that kind of doesn't sound appealing to you maybe it isn't the game for you but for me with the my experience in those genres with my love of hack and slash and pinball and brick breakers it was just this weird perfect storm for me i i freaking loved it yeah uh, anyone else got anything else they uh, want to bring to the table before we get into the news? I was just going to jump in quickly because we're talking about Brick Breakers. I was going to bring it up at the end of the show, but I did review um, Sacred Symbols uh, or Twin Breaker, the oh, nice. Sacred oh, Symbols yeah. uh, po podcast or adventure game. Sorry, I messed up the title in my head here. Uh, Twin Breakers, a Sacred Symbols adventure. Um, and it's a really neat Brick Breaker as well. So it's more like your traditional Brick Breaker with 8-bit looks and stuff to it but you control two different ships at the bottom of the screen each with the one with the left and one Ooh, with the right and they can one's like half the then they're both half the screen that huh. they protect so huh. and then the game will shift as you're playing and the two paddles will now go onto the sides of the screen it looks more like you're playing pawn and then later in the game there's actually four and you, it, you control all four with the, the two sticks it's a little complicated, but it's really fun to do uh, to play, and it's got boss modes and everything in there, um, and a lot of different unique modes. That sounds a lot like a PS3 game that I remember playing, and I cannot remember for the life of me what it was called. Shatter. Shatter. Yes. I freaking love Shatter. Is it, is it anything like that where you're really having to balance like what's going on where and things like that? I think so. So t to disclose, I never played Shatter. You monster. Uh, but I know, I know. Uh, so. This is developed, or Colin Moriarty helped write this, who used to be part of Kind of Funny and now has his own podcast, Sacred Symbols. He, really, when back when he was on Beyond, really spoke highly of Shatter. And I think there's a lot of influence, yeah. which is why I, I he feel went like with this design. Half of all the videos that Colin and Greg did back in the day were about Shatter. Shatter was so yeah. good. And then the, the, the other half were all about asking where Shatter 2 was and it not appearing. Yes. So Colin went and made his own type Shatter. Uh, but it's it's really good. It, I think I, I'd have to check my review, but I believe I gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, it's just really fun. What did you think of the uh, story? Because I know that's kind of one of the niche things about it, is that they have a story in A Brick Breaker. So the story's very Colin, if I can put it that way. Uh, his libertarian views really show through. Um, mm. in, in the story, because talking about how like the United States needs to send people out and 
because they've decided to stay out of all wars they're like the neutral yeah. in the world and so they're helping uh, but really it's about him and chris his partner as they go through I, a touch i really liked so the two um paddles they're the ships that they pilot and one's called salutations and the other one's called greetings uh, hmm. so there's some nods to the podcast um to the history in there uh it's a little verbose and it's very colin i did enjoy a lot of the when you get a certain uh, i believe it's a grade on levels you'll get a little more synopsis of what's going on in the world so that sounds really cool hmm. uh and i sorry go ahead i um hmm. Sorry, I just want to say, you know, obviously, I don't really follow Colin super closely anymore. I am happy that uh, he got to have this game made and got to play a large part in its creation. It is a little bit like this does kind of strike me as a bit of a monkey pie wish of, hey, Colin, we're go you're going to be able to help make one of the last PlayStation Vita games. And it's going to be one of the last PlayStation Vita games that gets like a physical release. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be a brick breaker. Like, I feel like knowing that guy's preferences, he would have much rather preferred to work on, like, a Final Fantasy tactics style game or something of that nature. I mean, I'm sure that they looked out for the project that appealed most to them, and maybe that opportunity just didn't present itself the way that this one did. And I'm happy to see that they're... Yeah. I, I'm like you, Cozy. I haven't followed it as much since he's left kind of funny. But I am happy to see that he's enjoying what he's doing, and I'll probably check this out at some point when I have free time because I keep spending money on games. Well, it's ten bucks. It's it's PS PS4 and Vita, two separate trophy lists. The trophies are all based on song it titles. Might, it might be worth busting like out the Vita. It's a really well thought out trophy list. Yeah, and yeah. it's really good on the Vita. I really really liked it there. I, I was gonna say both. that's a that's a very nice trophy. Yeah, that's uh, price not point. that's not bad at all. Um, but speaking mm -hmm. of libertarian views, I actually consumed a piece of content oh. on Netflix that touched on libertarian views, and that's the documentary oh, series Tiger, Tiger King. King? Okay. I haven't seen this yet. I don't okay, understand so, what it's about. I keep seeing screenshots and stuff. Yes, go this has taken the internet by it. storm with everyone having to stay home and watch Netflix. But essentially what it is, it is the story of Joe Exotic, who is a, um, he is a big cat zoo owner. He's gay. He uh, abuses most of his employees. He's in a, a war, essentially with other big cat zoo owners as well as PETA as well as a bunch of humanitarian organizations and the documentary series was essentially just supposed to be about big cat zoos and things hit the fan real quick uh, if you know anything about him he did try to run for president at one point and ended up on John Oliver's show which is how I was introduced to him mm -hmm. and when I saw that clip come up during Tiger King I'm like oh my god it's this guy and it's uh, it's something <laughs> it is it absolutely like it's a, a trip. trip it is exactly the kind of content i needed for this quarantine uh yeah things go downhill fast yeah. for joe it's uh so just a it's crazy a quick question yeah. about it is it a series or is it a one individual like documentary? so it is a seven part documentary series okay uh, how long are uh, each episode roughly 45 minutes long I got through it in a couple of days because okay. I'm stuck inside and I have nothing else to do. Uh, but it is one of those series where I just, I had to watch mm -hmm. the next episode. So the Netflix, oh yeah, it's starting in five seconds. I can watch one more. I can watch one more. And it's two in the morning. Uh, but yeah, that was, <laughs> it, I, I didn't, part of me watching it was to understand what the social zeitgeist was around it right now. And uh, I'm pretty glad I did because it's a messed up story. 
So before we get into the news, anyone else have anything else they want to add in, or are we just going to jump right into it? Um, I, I got uh, a, go a couple things. Um, one is um, I played How a little you? bit of Pokemon Go, despite I know I that. went You're outside. Um, actually, you technically can, as long as you. So this this was an interesting experience, actually. Go ahead. Yes, for now. It, it was actually a, uh, somewhat of an interesting experience because you know a lot of people. Yes, with the quarantine and everything, you're kind of cooped up inside. You know, you're not supposed to go places, right? But you can still technically go out for walks. So a lot of people out on the street uh, walking around my town. Um, and it's, it's really interesting seeing how seriously everybody's actually taking the social distancing. You'll see the odd person here and there uh, walking around with rubber gloves and stuff. But... Um, uh, you know, the, the, some people will, will make like a, a wide berth around you. If you're walking on the sidewalk, they'll, they'll, they'll stand at the end of a driveway and wait for, for you to pass, or maybe you do vice versa. It, everybody's like being super respectful of the, the current state of the, the world right now. Um, and that was super weird to see, but also kind of cool to see. Um, it's interesting though, because I have I have some family that work in essential services, and they're all getting emails today or over the last couple of days with a letter that will allow them to they will have to present to the local law enforcement if asked to give a valid reason why they're out and about. So I feel like we're getting pretty close mm -hmm. to a total lockdown here in Canada, at least in southern Ontario. It's it's going to yeah. happen, I think. I I yeah. I have heard I've heard about this too. Uh, the the rumors uh, of that are going around at work right now to uh, you know it, it's it seems like it's going to be mostly for you, you know if 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 I were going to my girlfriend's place in the city or something like that you know yeah, like that would I be haven't a big seen no -no. my fiance in person since this whole thing started because she's quarantined or she's isolating with her family because there wasn't room for us both to work remotely from my apartment and yeah it's it, mm -hmm. it sucks. Yep. Uh, I just wanted yep. to say quickly, you actually reminded me. So uh, this past Friday, the 27th of uh, Mo uh, March, was supposed to be the day that I was supposed to be uh, in the United States, in St. Louis, Missouri, participating in the Pokemon Go Safari Zone event. Uh, and sorry. I, so, yeah, so it's all right. Um, basically, when they announced that the event was being postponed, they gave us the option to either get our ticket refunded or to keep our ticket and if we kept our ticket we would be able to attend the safari zone event on a later date that is yet to be announced obviously and also on the date that the event was supposed to be supposed to happen all the pokemon uh that would have appeared at the event would appear randomly in the wild just for the people that uh still were holding on to the tickets so i did walk around a little bit in my neighborhood on the 27th to take advantage of that and um, I will say, on one hand, I was disappointed because typically these Safari Zone events yield a lot of shiny Pokemon from a lot of different uh, like varieties of Pokemon. This event did not have a lot of shiny Pokemon, uh, but I did get some exclusive species that I have been unable to get at any other moments while playing the game. So that was pretty I neat. hope you got extras. Oh yeah, don't worry. I, oh, thank God. I um, So <laughs> Chatit, which is a Pokemon that you can normally only get, I think, in... I don't know, but you, you Africa. I, I think it might be or Brazil. Australia. The point is, you can't get it in Canada or the United States, and I caught a lot of him. So next time we meet up in person, I'll be more than happy to trade you some chatits. 
yeah, it maybe maybe if the wedding is on and y'all do show up, then we'll be trading some chat outs, much to the chagrin of my fiance. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the, the last thing that I wanted to quickly touch on. Um, exactly. Uh, well, you see, uh, there are these little monsters that fit in your pocket. No. Um, I. Uh, it's t- it's time for the weekly Stadia check in. Um, oh. N- yeah. New new Stadia Pro deals are happening right now it, this isn't the deal segment don't worry um but uh they've uh th- three games were uh released for pro subscribers um it's the serious sam collection so that's serious sam hd one and two and serious sam three um then there's a, another game called uh spitlings um i played a little bit of it um it to to describe it it's it's a little similar in control to something like a down well but it's not you're going up and down um but you can sh- you could you shoot up and down and what you do is you're this little blobby thing and you shoot your teeth um and apparently there's a four player mode but you know it's stadia nobody else is playing it um yeah it, it it's it the story mode is kind of like level based and you have to try and destroy these other weird blobby things with your by spitting your teeth at it. it it's weird. And then there's this uh, Stadia exclusive game uh, called Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Um, and it's a 3D. On stacks? Yeah, exactly. It's a 3D uh, tower building game where, you know, it, it's like. Um, it, you know when you're at the beach and you try and like stack rocks or something and just see how tall you can get it without the the tower falling over or stacking anything really it's that but in video game form um and it just similar to like a tetris but in three three dimensions but you're trying to just build this tower up as high as it'll go kind of like a mount your friends almost um in, in that regard but the the key is you do not want you, you want to try to not let the tower topple over uh it held my attention for about 10 minutes um and uh yeah that's that's kind of all i've been playing for the most part nice they're really treating all 12 of you on stadia yeah, uh, well. yeah very well yeah i am so glad oh alex you'll also be glad to hear that i finished doom eternal Ooh, what did you i think? had to knock it down to baby difficulty because the marauders are pieces of shit and i hate them Okay, super shotgun ballista, super shotgun. That's what ballista. I was doing, but I couldn't hard. do it to the. So there's one point in the game where you're in like this long extended hallway fighting a marauder, and for whatever oh, reason, okay. just that confined space, I couldn't keep away from him, and it did not go well for me. So I knocked down the difficulty. I very much enjoyed the end of the game. I don't know if I'll get back to it. I'm currently playing it on Nightmare, and holy shit, that game is an endurance. It is just so. It is. You, you let up for a second, you're dead. Nightmare is really hard, and I'm only on, like, I'm on Super Gore Nest right now, which is, like, the fourth mission, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to beat it uh, anytime soon, but I'm going to keep trying. Well, while you keep trying to beat Doom Eternal on Nightmare, let's get into the news. Hot news. Ready, set, go. News drops. Finally, some news actually happened. I know, and it's going to be fun. There isn't much to talk about, but we're going to talk a lot about these two things in particular. The first being that despite huge sales, 
Borderlands 3 developers are getting stiffed on their bonuses. This is coming from Kotaku, written by Jason Schreier. And essentially, this is just playing out as developers were, for a long time, sort of promised that bonuses were going to pay out in the tens to hundreds of thousand dollars when Borderlands 3 launched, because the last few Gearbox launches have not gone very well for the company, those being Aliens, Colonial Marines, and Duke Nukem Forever. And oh, and also Battleborn. Don't forget. Oh, right. Battleborn was a thing. And everyone else yeah, you can't forget about listening to the show is like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. Mm. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, it doesn't look like the developers are going to get the kind of payout that they expected. Randy Pitchford has let the company know, and some employees have spoken with Jason Schreier at Kotaku anonymously for fear for their jobs, which is understandable, that this record-breaking, record-setting game release is not going to pay out the kinds of bonuses that employees were expecting. And it has been known around the industry that Gearbox does not pay as well as some other developers, but they have a better profit-sharing split when it comes to game releases. A 60-40 split, where 60% goes to the developer and 40% is split amongst employees. And then uh, in a meeting yesterday, so that being the end, at the end of March, Gearbox boss Randy Pitchford told employees that Borderlands 3 bonus checks would be significantly lower than they had hoped. He said the game had been more expensive than expected. The company had grown significantly larger than it had been in the past. They actually now operate a second studio in Quebec and that sales projections had been off base from what they had expected. And this is not the first time Randy Pitchford has said some controversial things about video games. So what do we think about Randy Pitchford and Gearbox not paying employees what they expected for Borderlands 3? I mean, I Randy to... Pitchford is a ma magician, and he made that money disappear, I guess. You know, so a couple of weeks ago, I was working on a project for gamers that saw me going into interviews that Randy Pitchford has done in recent years on uh, some of the projects that he made over the past decade, such as uh, Aliens, Colonial Marines, and Duke Nukem uh, Forever. And if you remember, and around the release of Duke Nukem Forever, he was very defensive about the game. Uh, he said that you know he regarded it as being his Half-Life 2, and he thought it was a revolutionary product. Uh, and I was shocked to discover in this one interview I stumbled upon from a couple of years ago that he was oddly understanding about the game situation. He said that, you know, the game, there were a lot of expectations heaped on the game. It was in development for years and years, and the original developers of uh, Forever 3D Realms promised the world, and, you know, admittedly, they didn't really deliver on that promise. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, Randy Pitchford is actually showing some, like, growth and is admitting that he, you know, is infallible. That's pretty nice of him. And th this is... A reminder that like no don't don't let those things kind of fool you this guy has a lot of problems and unfortunately i feel like we you know much like other larger problems that plague our society we, we kind of let them fade in the periphery uh a little too often i'm really hoping to just from a an employee morale standpoint that a lot of employees don't take this from the company and basically we're gonna I, I can imagine us seeing a lot of people start to leave Gearbox over these sort of decisions. Yeah. Unfortunately, they can't do anything about Randy Pitchford because Gearbox is a privately owned studio. And so, and since he is the CEO, they can't, there's no one, there's no union or anything that can deal with him. So they're kind of, if they're going to stay at Gearbox, they're, they're not owned by 2K. Nope. They're just, oh, okay. Partners. They're just their publishing Gearbox, partner. Yeah. No, but I thought Gearbox yeah, was publishing just, now themselves. Just for, 
they publish some games, like they published Duke Nukem and they published um, the Bulletstorm remake or remaster, not remake remaster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but then they then do partner with other uh, publishers like 2K for Borderlands. Interesting. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it. You hate to see stuff like this because it's not limited to video games, right? Like this sort of thing of people like people. There were stories of people being able to put down payments down on houses and and things of that nature, buying new cars and and things like that when Borderlands 2 launched, and to see a studio that is for the most part, treated its employees fairly well in the past, take this kind of path moving forward is disappointing to see, at least for me personally. That kind of shelves my plans on buying Borderlands. Right now. <laughs> I, 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 I already purchased ahead. Borderlands 3, and I'm not going to probably go back to it. I, I bought it, thought about getting the DLC, and hearing things like this just makes me not want to give them any more money. I don't think I'll buy another Gearbox product or pay any more money into a Gearbox piece of software until things fundamentally change at the company. I think... Randy Pitchford really lost me when I heard he actually called people muggles if they didn't practice magic. What? Yeah. I can't tell if you're no, serious. No, I am abs this is not oh, an April man. Fool's thing. There there is are is a, a this was a long time uh, like a long time ago. He he actually did that. He called actual humans muggles because they didn't practice magic. So he he sounds like a bit of a crazy person. But you know yeah. what isn't crazy? Nintendo is reportedly planning Mario remasters for the Switch to celebrate Mario's 35th anniversary. Finally, some good news. This coming to us from well, IGN's crazy, Adam Bankers. Crazy good. So the rumors as they swirl uh, via VGC are that we're going to see ports of or remasters of Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy as sort of an anniversary collection as well as a port of Super Mario 3D World getting the deluxe treatment, similarly to what we saw with New Super Mario Bros. U, as well as a new Paper Mario game that's in development, which harkens back to the roots of the series from the N64 and GameCube. So we're getting a proper Paper Mario RPG, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? This is, this is really exciting for somebody who has never played any of these games. How? I played Mario Galaxy... I played Mario Galaxy very, very briefly because it was on the Nintendo Wii, and I did own one of those because everyone did. But yeah, I've never played any of these games because I didn't have a N64 or a GameCube growing up. And I did have a DS, but I only had Pokemon. The only game I had when I got my DS was Super Mario 64 DS, and I freaking loved that, that game. game. Is great. Wasn't that the launch title yes. for it? Yes. yes, it was. Yes, it was okay. for really the only game to own at launch. For the very yeah. ugly version of the DS. Before I had that DS. I, I loved I it. I kind of lo- love the look of the original DS. I I am glad I upgraded to the DS Lite eventually, but I really have some I really have some fond memories of that big old bulky DS. <laughs> yes. I mean, it was cool was... that they they kind of carried over the aesthetic of the kind of Game Boy and Game Boy Advance before it. I feel like if it hadn't carried over that aesthetic, it would have been dead more dead in the water. So this is good news getting 3D Mario's, except we it means we might have to play Super Mario Sunshine again. I'm sorry, 3D what? I never played Sunshine. It's uh, not worth playing. Well, so like I uh, I'm actually a huge proponent of Super Mario Sunshine. I think that uh, it's a supremely underrated game. I also admit that it is not a game without its flaws. I think that there are uh, corners of it that are really kind of severely unpolished, and I'm looking forward to this remaster kind of polishing those edges the thing if i can go on just a very very short rant here 
the thing that Go frustrates me a lot about Super Mario Sunshine is I feel like whenever people bring up, oh man, what's your favorite part of Super Mario Sunshine? They always bring up the levels where the flood, which is the water chip pack that you that Mario roams around the world with, uh, when it gets removed, and basically it's just Mario relying on his pure platforming skills. And I'll, I'm gonna probably be in the minority saying this, but those levels are honestly some of the worst and most unpolished levels in the game. They are challenging because they force you to rely on really, they force you to make like really precise jumps and or rely on elements of luck and randomness. Like there's this one level where there are these piantas who chuck you and if you're like a pixel off from the exact direction that they need you to chuck you, they'll chuck you into bottomless pit. So that reminds me kind of of Super Mario Odyssey, where you had levels where you didn't have Cappy, and I felt the same sort of limitations there of the game is taking away mechanics in which it was fundamentally designed to take advantage mm -hmm. of, which makes it less fun. So I feel like I'm going to be in the same boat as you, Cozy. I know I haven't played it, but that's, that sort of resonates with me. Speaking of uh, taking away... Uh previous uh mechanics do you guys remember when like in mario 64 when he could punch and kick things yeah because it, 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 yeah. he used there was a point where he was like a little bit more combat focused and then um i i can't quite remember about sunshine whether or not you could punch or kick things but i know in galaxy it got replaced with the Wii remote waggle to um the spin to spin Right, which, was, which wasn't the same. It was made sense, but it also wasn't the same thing. Do you guys feel like that motion control? Like, how are they going to translate those? Like, motion controls were so important to the way Galaxy was yeah. designed. How do you think? Like, I don't want to have to use Joy-Con motion controls for this game. Do you think so that's going to be our only choice? Isn't there, isn't there well, a version of this available for the Nvidia Shield or something like that in like Asian markets somewhere? What? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What are you? Hold on, hold on. No, I remember hearing about this. About I will find it. I'm you keep talking. It. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll Google it. You keep talking. I, I have nothing else to say. I mean, uh, no, this is I <laughs> probably going to be unpopular. I'm actually perfectly fine if they go back to using Waggle for this thing, but I mean, I'm sure they'll just replace it with one of the shoulder buttons if they, people don't want to do that. But what hmm, if it being on the Switch? I don't necessarily want to waggle my Switch in order to do that. If I'm playing it portably. On the on the big screen, yeah, no problem. Maybe they'll have you do like a circular motion with one of the analog sticks. Did you play Odyssey in handheld, or did you play that mostly docked? I played uh, mine uh, with a pro controller docked. Yeah, AJ? I played mine entirely handheld. I, I I played a lot of mine handheld, but I think I played mostly docked. So I I think I don't know about you, Cozy, but I I played the majority of the game docked with split Joy Cons. And I felt like the motion controls were really important to that game and the way that I played that game. Hmm. Uh, so it's interesting to hear that I'm probably the only one that played the game, the majority of that game in that configuration. Uh, we're going to be talking more in depth about uh, remasters coming up in a little bit. The last thing I'll say on Super Mario Sunshine is I remember back during the days of the Wii, people pointed out like, hey, this is this kind of game feels like it would be right for a Wii remaster because... There are a ton of instances in the game where you have to specifically aim the flood at surfaces to spray out your water. And they're like, wouldn't it make sense to be able to use your Wii remote to aim, basically? And, of course, we never got a remaster of Sunshine for the Wii. And I wonder, with this upcoming remaster, are they going to allow you the option of doing that with the Joy-Cons? Or are they just going to skip over any kind of motion control there? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. 
uh, I don't know what they're going to do, honestly, because it sounds like from these rumors that it is going to be a total remaster. So I'm sure they'll figure out a way around it. And we're just going to have to wait and see what Nintendo does with it. The other interesting thing about this is that the, these announcements were rumored to be uh, made alongside updates for the uh, Super Nintendo Land theme park in Tokyo yeah. at Universal Tokyo, right. alongside updates to the Mario Brothers film being developed by um, Illumination Studios. And it was supposed to come at E3. And we know at least one of those things is canceled. One of them, uh, the theme park is closed and there oh, yeah. is no construction going on. Uh, many, many films are getting delayed. Do we still feel like we're gonna get this announcement this year and get these games this year? Based on all of the delays that are going on around the COVID-19 pandemic that Nintendo was trying to tie into with these remasters? Yes. Know, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we don't know anything that Nintendo is doing for the rest of the year. Like, the only game we knew about that they were going to be doing for 2020 was Animal Crossing, and that's out now. So, who knows what Nintendo's doing now? Like, I mean, we did get a mini have... direct. I was going to say, we did get a mini direct that they talked a bit more about what they're going to have in 2020, but not a lot. But like that's, the, not like, that's not like the, fall stuff. The one more thing was an update to the Pokemon expansion pass that we didn't really need that didn't really tell us anything. So mm -hmm. could be a bit of a struggle. I, Go ahead, Nathan. Sorry. Um, I think we will see them. Nintendo's obviously working on things under the hood because they have nothing else announced. And if they don't come out with a few more games for this year, because don't get me wrong, I love Animal Crossing. I've probably played a little too much, but... I definitely want something else to play later on the Switch this year, and they got nothing in the pipeline. Uh, my son keeps asking about Zelda, uh, the Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild sequel, even though it's not a great game. But he, you're wrong. <laughs> Stop saying it's not a great game. But he's a, only a little wrong. It's fine. Um, but anyways, I don't think that's this year. So what is this stuff for this year? Because they haven't talked about anything. And we're three months into the year now. I think a lot of things are in a wait and see pattern. We've seen this happening with the film industry where a lot of concrete dates that we knew that were happening now or within the next couple of months are getting pushed back to late 2020 to between late 2020 and late 2021 mm -hmm. with a lot of films. So I think we we're more aware of release dates when it comes to that industry and we're not as much when it comes to video games. But I think as we move through this year, the impacts of this pandemic are definitely going to have a relatively severe impact on what, uh, publishers and developers are able to deliver to consumers this year because a lot of companies are having to change the way that they run their businesses very, very rapidly. And it'll be interesting to see as um, this financial quarter is now ended, once we start getting some financial reports and some uh, investor updates, what is going to happen when it comes to some of these companies and what they're going to do, Nintendo included. I've got just one point, though, to kind of counteract that. Because when you're talking about movies, one of the big problems with movies is that it's a room of 200 people or so, and that is obviously a danger right now because of the current situation where video games are, though they can't be in the same place, um, or though they can, they can be developed um, in a different place than... Like, not everyone who's developing the game has to be in the same place. Um, people who are playing it, they can be wherever and they can be isolated so there's not i don't know if there's going to be as much worry about things getting delayed in the same fashion as 
the film industry just because of the difference in how people consume that media. Yeah. Sorry. That no, was, no. That I, was a weird way I, of I saying do, that. I do agree with you, but I think if, if these businesses were, were set up to have their teams work remotely, then the impact should be minimal. But you have to think of how many moving parts there are when it comes to releasing a video game, when it comes to advertising, That's marketing, uh, physical manufacturing, goods, yeah. shipping. A lot of these things are very, very limited or restricted right now with the world we live in. So it's going to be interesting to see how this year plays out when it comes to these consumer goods that we're so, so anticipating. All yep. digital, baby. Let's do it. But mm -hmm. what we don't have to wait for are some deals. So we've got a few deals this week in It's Raining Deals. Alex, I know you got one in there. What, what's, what you got? Well, because it is April 1st as of the time of recording, and by the time that you are listening, it will be still April. The Hopefully. new PS Plus, I mean, who knows? <laughs> April is going to be April is going to be a wild card, man. But um, so the PS Plus games uh, have been announced, and they are now available to download. And the games are Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and Dirt Rally 2.0. Is that that's the title? 2.0. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was just two or 2.0. It's 2.0. Okay, fair enough. Well, uh, I mean, I can say at least for Uncharted 4, Thief's End, very, very, very amazing game. And the fact that you can get it uh, essentially for free with PS Plus is just play it. It's and, so good. It's such a good story. And the story. fact that the, the Nathan Drake collection was available for PS Plus not that long ago, um, I feel like, you know, if you're itching to, to play this and you haven't gotten around to it, it's probably a good good time. Yeah, it, hopefully Lost Legacy will yeah, be. Yeah, it's one of my favorite games on the PS4. If you haven't played it at this point, please do and let me know what you think. Such a charming experience. So, another deal that I found actually just earlier today, which is uh going to be on sale through uh April. Yeah, we're in April. I can't count. Through April the 21st is that the Mutant Muds collection for the Switch is under $2. And that is an absolute steal for what is a gem of a collection of real so these games were originally for the 3ds so yeah. they played a lot with depth of field yeah and they were really good there and i have it for the switch and i can confirm it's really good there and for the price you cannot beat the value you're getting there they're really hard too which I, is nice I, I remember the first mutant muds because i played it on the 3ds back in the day i remember mm -hmm. being a not like especially inventive platformer but a very well polished one so yeah for two dollars it's a pretty good value and with that... And how many games are in the collection? Just, sorry, Yeah, no, question. go ahead. <laughs> how many games are in the collection? Three. I think it's the, the first, like, the two Mutant Mud games, like, platformers that came out on the 3DS, as well as a Mutant Muds match three puzzle style game, which is kind of oh, okay, interesting. Cool. Um, I think it's just those three. Uh, yeah, it's cool. like the Mutant Muds game, the Mutant Muds Lost Levels, which was, like, a super challenging expansion slash sequel. And then uh, mm. this uh, puzzle game that I, the name of it is escaping me right now. But it's cool. definitely worth checking out. If you haven't played those games for under $2, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I've literally never heard of them, so I will be checking Sweet. it out after this. And with that, so, we can, no, go ahead. I just oh, keep I trying just to wrap this to up, but that's okay. Yep. My apologies. <laughs> very, very quickly, I did review Dirt Rally 2.0. Um, I was just looking for my review to remember the score because it was last year, but I gave it a 9 out of 10. It's excellent. Ooh. So Codemasters awesome. makes a lot of racing games. Oh, it's games. a Codemasters uh, game. It's a Codemaster game, and they do um, a lot of different racing games. I wanted, before I said something, to pull my review up so I could remember what the score was that I gave it. Um, but Good it's call. rewarding. It's difficult. Um, 
even when you lose, you feel like you're learning something. Uh, I believe this is the one that they call the Dark Souls of Racing Games. Now, so, where could people check out that review if they wanted to give it a read? Uh, PS4blog.net. Sweet. Everyone should go check that out. And with that, give everyone a second to interrupt me again. Sorry. Beep, beep. And with that... Aflac. Can... God damn it! And with that, we can wrap up... I tried so hard. <laughs> I work with children. At least one. Let's get I'm to five legal. by five. Five by five time. So, with the news around the uh, rumored Mario remasters, we thought we'd play a game of 5x5 five five of the most wanted remakes slash remasters. Well, that's also along with Modern Warfare 2 remaster and Resident Evil 3. Sorry, just gotta say that. That is also true. I forgot those were out, even though you talked about one 20 minutes ago. Glad you're <laughs> listening to me. I try. Uh, yeah, so we're going to play a game of 5x5. Five of the most anticipated or most wanted, most sought after remasters and remakes. The way that this game works is we're gonna have three rounds. In the first round, each of our hosts is going to give me three games? Or is it two? Two. Two? I, think, I thought you said two. Two, yeah. So we're gonna have each host give me two games that they'd like to see remastered. I will place them in order in the list. Round two, they will get to argue why one of their picks is better than another on the list. If I feel like their argument is valid, I'll I'll put that game above the one that they were arguing against. You're really belchy all of a sudden. <sighs> yeah, it's the alcohol. I apologize. <laughs> and the third and final round, I will come up with some weird random way that I haven't figured out yet of giving them ideas of what to present to me. And I hope it's funny. And then those will go on the list too. And points will be given out based on if it's in slot number one. It's three points. Slots two through five are worth two points. And slots six through ten are worth one point each. And with that, the magical mystery machine of who gets to go first says, Nathan, you're up. Ooh, I'm up. So just to confirm, these are games that we want to see remasters of, correct? That is correct. The most wanted, yes. most anticipated, most sought after remakes that you can possibly think of. Okay. I'm going to go with the moon and just say Chrono Trigger. Damn. Chrono Trigger is one of those games that is one of the seminal RPGs. When you talk top RPGs, which I don't know, maybe we could talk about soon, it's going to be in that top list. So it's one of those things. It's part of my childhood. The art's beautiful. The mechanics are beautiful. Everything's good about it. But what would you want to see out of a remake? Do you want like a Final Fantasy VII style remake? Or do you want a, a pixel for pixel Octopath Traveler style remake? No, because if it's pixel for pixel, it'll be identical to what's there. And I don't want identical to what's there because what's there is perfect. I wouldn't mind seeing some cleaned up art. Like if we went um, like with a more fleshed out animation style that looked more like proper anime, I think would look really cool. So take the Dragon Ball, like take the Dragon Ball designs from Akira, Akira, Akira Toramu. I don't think I said that right. But actually Tozawa? just have them all hand to Tozawa. Is that right? Toriyama, yeah. Toriyama. Toriyama. And have them all drawn. Toriyama? I also forgot we're supposed to be timing these, but I forgot on the first one, so. <laughs> uh, that one's free. Yeah, that one you get for free. But I'm going to call it there, uh, Nathan. That was a good That's argument. Fine. I'm done. Yeah. And for that reason and the fact that there's nothing else on the list, it's going first. AJ, I need your first pick. 
Okay, my first pick is going to be... They don't hold... Story-wise, they hold up well. Gameplay-wise, they do not. I would like to see the entirety of the Metal Gear Solid franchise remastered in the Metal Gear Solid V, the Phantom Pain engine. So you want one through four remastered? One through four remastered in MGS5. In the Fox engine. In the Fox engines, remastered, brought up to modern day control schemes, modern day gameplay, and I've tried to go back to the old ones and I just cannot play them. I had to watch a, a, a let's play of them to get to get the story. I, I was entertained by the let's play, not necessarily about them struggling with the controls. That's that my it? argument. That's your argument. Yes. So there wasn't much of an argument there, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, there's plenty. I don't know. You just said do it. You didn't say how do it. or who or... I did say you, how. You I said say do why. it in... I did say do it in the uh, newest engine. But the newest engine... It's the best engine. The, the, the problem here is you want this done in an engine that's only been used for two games as far as I'm aware, and that is Metal Gear Solid Five and Metal Gear Survive. And one and of those games is good Death at... Stranding? No, Death Stranding was Decima. No, you're right. So we're talking about using a tool <laughs> that we haven't seen used since MGS5, or since Metal Gear Survive, which no one should have played. Uh, <laughs> I think that was Fox Engine. It would make yes, sense, it right? It yeah. was, because mm-hmm. it was an asset flip. Yep, yeah, Exactly. We're we're talking about. We didn't mention if it was going to be Konami, if it was going to be Kojima Studios. Like, who's going to handle this? Is it going to be uh, Blue Point or one of these other reputable remaster studios? And there just, I I like the idea of remastering them, but there just wasn't enough oomph to that argument. And for that reason, it's going to have to go below Chrono Trigger at number two. Sure. <laughs> You're only saying this because I won last time. Did you? It's been so long. <laughs> All right. Alex, I need your first pick. Okay, well, I'm going with the game that broke my heart. The game that I wanted so badly to be so good because it was a follow-up to my favorite trilogy of games besides Halo. And I'm talking about Mass Effect Andromeda. It is... Mass Effect Andromeda needs a remake. Mass Effect Andromeda should be remade because it was a bad game. It was bad. I'm with Alex on this one. It had so much potential to be cool. It had so much potential to be great. It was a follow-up to Mass Effect 3, but also completely disconnected from Mass Effect 3 by being in the Andromeda Galaxy. That gives you so much wiggle room to play around with these char- with new characters, with new stories, with the like in that universe that it could be disconnected from the Reaper story. And what did they do? They put it on, um, what is the, what was the, it's uh, uh, Frostbite. They put it on Frostbite. Frostbite is a first-person shooter engine. That's about it because every other game that's been released on Frostbite sucks, except for maybe Dragon Age Inquisition, but that was a miracle that that even turned out good. And I just wanted something more from Mass Effect Andromeda. I wanted it to be a good game, and it wasn't. And that's why the potential of the setup of it of going to the andromeda galaxy was so strong that i think it could i think it deserves to be remade and also by bioware proper not by a another studio that has the bioware name not by the montreal studio do it by edmonton and let them let bioware go back to what they were good at and that's making rpgs 
I really like the idea of you bringing something a little more modern to this list, to be honest. Uh, the only problem I have with it is that this is the list of most wanted remakes and remasters. And My what you're talking wanted. about is a reboot. You want that I, Well, I said re remake. I want it to be remade. I want them to take the initial concept of Andromeda and remake it from the ground up. So you want them to remake a bad game. And for you wanting them to remake a bad game, that's going to have to go below MGS 1 through 4 at number 3. Oh, this is, this is bullshit. Cozy, you're last up for this first go around at round 1. What you got? All right. So I was looking over at the quick list I made of games that people would most want remade and remastered, and I figured that for my first choice, I'd go with something a little bit out of left field. Star Wars Republic Commando. So Star Wars Republic Commando was a tactical first-person shooter that was uh, released in 2005. It's set between episodes 2 and 3, and it follows a group of uh, clone Republic commandos as they uh, battle the troops of the Separatists across various battlefields across the galaxy. Um, on top of being a really solid shooter, it's also unexpectedly one of the more uh, entertaining Star Wars games to come out of its era in terms of the characters. Despite being clones, each of the uh, clones that you play as all have really distinctive and entertaining personalities and really elevate the experience. And I had the opportunity to play this game about a year and a half ago. And at the time I noted like, wow, this game, like it holds up. It's like perfectly fine as it is, but much like the Metal Gear Solid games, there are aspects of it that haven't aged, you know, super well. Things that, you know, nowadays we look back on and are like, you know, it's a product of its time. And I think that it would significantly benefit from a refresh. Last thing I want to point out is that like, we're living in a time where it feels like the only Star Wars video games that can exist are Star Wars video games that are the biggest AAA experiences ever, like Jedi Fallen Order or Battlefront 2, or, you know, small, tiny little mobile games. And the thing about Star Wars Republic Commando is, even at the time of its release, it was kind of a really good mid-tier Star Wars game. It wasn't a AAA game, it was AA, and I feel like what this game what this sort of remake will do is it will show that like hey not every star wars game needs to be the biggest most bombastic release of all time you can have mid-tier star wars games that are just as excellent as the triple a tier i like it that's a really good interesting pick to bring to this list to be honest because we haven't seen a lot of licensed remakes or remasters and I think it's something that we could use a lot more of because there are a lot of properties that are just lost in the uh, annals of video, video games past. And for that reason, I'm actually going to put Republic Commando at number one on this list above Chrono Trigger, Ooh. above MGS 1 through 4, and above Mass Effect Andromeda. This is a tragedy. <laughs> okay, Nathan, I just bumped you down from number one, so I need to know what the next game is you're bringing to the list. Okay, this is... So I went with a game that everybody has heard of for the first one. So now I'm going to go with a video game that nobody's heard of, but I think deserves to be played by people. It's a game for the N64 called Hybrid Heaven. Anybody aware of Hybrid Heaven? That rings a bell. Nope. Not in the slightest. So it's been years since I've played it, so I'm going to be a little bit rusty, probably close to 20 years. I think I played it not too long after the N64 came out, but it was a Konami-made game. And basically, it was an RPG turn-based system uh, like gaming system where you're invading an underground uh, army bunker where they're cloning hybrids out of people but the turn-based action all takes place in is all combat moves so and you can combo them 
So you'd get like, oh, you have net, you now have kick or suplex. And it had some a really cool story. Uh, it was the most intriguing um, turn-based system that I played in a long time. It was something that was just really, really different. And fortunately, it just never got played and it disappeared off Konami's uh, radar and nobody played it. But it's one of those games where I'd love to just see them be like, we're remaking it and here it is and here's why. Because I think it was really good. I think more people deserve to play Hybrid um, hybrid Heaven. I keep wanting to say Hybrid Theory, but that's a Linkin Park yes, album. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, very good album, mind. Hybrid. Yep, I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, hybrid Heaven, because it's just so good. The fact that you said the name of the game like four times, and I still put into the list Hybrid Something Question Mark, means I'm putting this at number five below everything else, because none of us have heard of it, and it is not something that a lot of people are clamoring to have remade. That's fair. I uh, knew that was coming after Alex's shutdown. AJ, what? I mean, I will say, like, I had literally never heard of Hybrid Heaven before. And I, I say that in the best possible way. Like, uh, I'm at this uh, game's Wikipedia page right now. It seems like an interesting game. Played I'm sure three. it is, but I still have to put it at the bottom of the list because it's my list. So, uh, right. who did I have go first, Alex or AJ? AJ. Okay, well, since Alex answered first, he can go next. (laughs) All right, then. Wild card. That's all Uh, I do. I'm an Alex, but okay, whatever. (laughs) You'll get your turn, goddammit. (laughs) All right. Um, I guess uh, I'm going to go with another Bioware game. This one I genuinely do believe deserves a remake in the same vein of Resident Evil 2 or Resident Evil 3, where it's a from the ground up remake where you take the story because the story was so good and you just you change you recontextualize the game can i can i interrupt you for one second Mm -hmm. you saying everything you're saying is bringing one game to the front of my mind Mm -hmm. if that is not the game you if you present that game it's going at number one without you having to give an argument well it's star wars knights of the old republic okay well it's going at number one because you presented it and it was the game i was thinking of and you didn't have to give an argument Fair if enough. it had been I mean, any other game, I was going to say it's going yeah. at the bottom, but you presented the right Bioware game, and it's going at number one. I, I, I will say, it's It's a funny coincidence that number one and number two are Star Wars games that came out in the mid-2000s. This is my list, and I'll, I'll build it however I want. Republic Commando was definitely on my list as well, so <laughs> great minds think alike. AJ, what's your next pick? My next pick is going to be uh, an old PS2 game that I think doesn't quite hold up the same way it used to and i think it dramatically needs to a straight up remake not not a a a full-on remaster but remake it from the ground up give it modern day controls give it modern day graphics modern day everything but keep the story the same grand theft auto vice city it's time we return to fake miami and, and and did something there it it they don't have to put a new game there set set in today's world. I still want the 80s Grand Theft Auto Vice City in my, in 80s Miami, full Scarface uh, knockoff and everything. That That is my argument. That was beautiful. I'm going to rally for this to take number one. This is it, a good it's pick. It's a great pick because it's actually the first GTA game I ever played. It was given to me as a gift on one of my birthdays when I was far too young to have been playing this game. But 
I've tried so many times to go back and play KOTOR and I can't and I would die to have it remade in a modern engine. So for that reason, mm -hmm. I need to leave it at number one, at least for now. So GTA Vice City is going to go at number two, just below it. Okay. All right, Cozy, I need your I need your next pick. So the Metal Gear Solid games were previously discussed. Uh, and I figure that I would bring up a Metal Gear game that was not previously discussed, uh, which is Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance was well-received at the time of its release, but I feel like a, a combination of the fact that it wasn't a absolute Hideo uh, Kojima uh, helm title, the fact that uh, it, delved, uh, it dealt a lot with Raiden kind of made people not love it as much. And I feel like over time, since it's released, people have come to appreciate Revengeance more. Uh, and then another thing to note about Revengeance is that the villain of that game is very near and close to current modern-day, uh, let's say, politicians, without naming them by name. There may or may not be a character in the game that literally out loud says, Make America Great Again. And I feel like this is a great example of a game that I feel would benefit from a... Uh, remaster so that people can really get a second look around and really just uh, appreciate kind of what this game was going for. To me, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance is a great synthesis of like Hideo Kojima weirdness and really intricate systems with a more a level of kind of approachability and I think simplicity that uh, Platinum Games uh, was able to imbue uh, the spinoff with. That was a Platinum game, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, uh, Kojima and Kojima Productions had a sizable hand in its production, but it was largely helmed by Platinum. So in this uh, uh, supposed fictitious remaster, would we have Platinum doing the remaster? Or are you you've given this to another uh, studio to get it done? In, in this case, I think that uh, Platinum would be best suited to remaster. And in it. that case, it's going to go just above Chrono Trigger at number four. Because I love me some good okay. Platinum action. So, a little inside baseball here. Uh, M. G. Uh, Revengeance. I don't remember how it was spelled. Uh, we've previously built this list, so there were 12 on it before we got to round two. But I actually like the idea of cutting it short here and filling out the rest of our top 10 as we get into round three. So, I'm going to say round one is over. We've got a top eight. All right. So, at number eight, we have Hybrid Something from Nathan. Number seven is Mass Effect Andromeda from Alex. At number six, we have MGS 1 through 4, which was kind of cheating because it's more than one game, from AJ. At number five, we have Chrono Trigger from Nathan. Number four is another Metal Gear game, Revengeance, from Cozy. Three is Star Wars Republic Commando. Two is GTA Vice City. And number one, thus far on this list, is Knights of the Old Republic. And with that being said, at the end of round one, we actually have a tie at first place with four points each, Alex and Cozy. And tied for third... Are AJ and Nathan each with three points? It's anybody's game at this point. And in round two, you're going to get to argue why one of your picks should be higher than another one on the list. Since AJ and Nathan are tied for third, I need a game of rock, paper, scissors on the stream to figure out who's going first. Are, you're are doing we going like rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot? shoot? Yep. Okay. okay. Rock, rock paper, scissors. scissors, shoot. I can't see what Nathan's at. Nathan, is that paper? That is, in oh, fact, paper. Yeah. yeah, it's paper. AJ has presented scissors. In that case, Nathan has lost, and Nathan will have to present his case first. Okay. Uh, so 
obviously I'm not going to bring up the case for hybrid heaven, even though I think this is a mistake. <laughs> you should go check it out. Um, so I'm going to talk about Chrono Trigger because it's way too low on this list. I don't know how Chrono Trigger sit at number five. It's one of the greatest games ever made. I would love to see that updated visuals of it. It definitely Remember deserves to be okay, above Star yeah. Wars. Sorry. Yeah, it should be above Star Wars Republic Commando in the number three spot. I want to see GTA Vice City, and that should probably be number one. But Chrono Trigger should be right underneath of it. Why? Because it's the best game ever made. And I want to play it in a Final Fantasy Seven style system. Just give it to me. Okay. Uh, so that your argument is that it's the best game of all time. Okay. Cozy, yes. since he's arguing against your pick of Star Wars Republic Commando, I need you to tell me why Chrono Trigger is not the best game of all time. Can't I use a different argument for why it shouldn't be above? No, you have to use the you have to you have to rebute the argument he gave. The argument was Chrono Trigger is the best game of all time. I need you to rebute why Chrono Trigger is not the best game of all time. He didn't compare the two games, so unfortunately, you don't you don't get to compare them either. I mean, I think that you know, undeniably, Chrono Trigger was a great synthesis of what Square Enix was doing at the time on the Super Nintendo. But I think that greater uh, Japanese role-playing games have been made by other companies since then, such as Atlas, for example, with the Persona series. And I, it, it, you know, see, see, I would have more to say if I, if the argument was phrased a little bit differently. But say what you want to say; it's fine. I don't want to okay. limit you too well, it's much. Just like, it's just Nathan. Nathan what, handcuffed what, me. He made the argument. I'm sorry. Well, well, my question is, like, what exactly would a remake of Chrono Trigger really kind of benefit from? I feel like Chrono Trigger, as it originally existed on the Super Nintendo, is perfectly fine as it is. I feel like it's, you know, it's graphics and it's sound and, you know, a lot of its writing have not particularly, uh, I feel, degraded in the way that, say, a game like Star Wars Republic Commando has degraded. And in that regard, I feel like Star Wars Republic Commando should go higher on this list because I feel like... Well, it is also still a very solid game. It is more in need of being remastered. See, I think more people need to be playing Chrono Trigger because it's an old, it's a much older game, and there's generation that doesn't even probably hasn't even played it. Alex, have you played it? No, I do want to. Oh, God, that was loud in my ear. <laughs> um, I do want to say one thing in that Chrono Trigger, in fact, was re-released relatively on recently the DS, on yeah. the Nintendo DS, which is where I first mm. played it. I know I'm I know I'm old. That's not recent. Um or older than Alex at least, but I was aware of this game and did get to play it on the DS. And I do appreciate Co- eh, words are hard. I do appreciate Cozy's argument that this game Republic Commando is more in need of a remaster than Chrono Trigger and for that reason list stays the same. AJ, what's your argument? Where's it going? Revengeance is a a very good topical game. That's your whole argument? And it fit it <laughs> That was a nice no. pause. It fits it fits in really well today. But it is still so recent, so incredibly new, so modern, so recently released. I don't think it deserves quite the remake that Metal Gear Solid 1 all the way through 4 deserve in a full mgs5 engine remake and remaster retelling of those original original four stories and put into modern times revengeance is close enough Cozy, already everyone's picking on your picks what's up with tonight 
<sighs> I don't know, man. All right. I don't well, know. Um, I need you to argue why Revengeance is too new to be remastered versus the Metal Gear Solid 1 through 4 games. I mean, here's the thing. Metal Gear Solid 1 through 4, all those games I feel like are already readily part of the public discourse when it comes to discussing some of the best gaming experiences, some of the best Metal Gear Solid games of all time. I feel like Revengeance has always just been kind of edged out of that discourse, and that's why I feel like it's really deserving and in need of this remake. Obviously, you know, a remake of Metal Gear Solid 1 through 4, you know, would be great, but I feel like it wouldn't really kind of change their standing, how it is that people kind of perceive them. If anything, you know, and we've seen, we saw this with the remake of Metal Gear Solid 1 uh, that was done back during the GameCube era, it might actually slightly degrade how people think about them. And, you know, the last thing I want to bring up is, you know, once again, like, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance touches on some political themes and subject matter that nowadays, you know, is really relevant. relevant. And while obviously there is a lot of political themes and subject matter in Metal Gear Solid 1 through 4 that, you know, is relevant today too, I don't feel like it is quite on the same level. I like the points you made, Cozy. I, I already see that you you changed them around. You, you can't. You're, you're you're coming into this really slowly. Like I'm I'm gonna pull the rug. That's under. the that's the way I play this game. I'm sorry. There was one argument I was specifically looking for in that MGS4 is still relatively modern compared to Revengeance. And since you didn't compare, since you didn't well, make well, that point, which was the point that I asked you to make based on the age of the game, then MGS1 through 4 is now at number four above Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. I can't speak tonight. Why are you guys letting me host this show? That was... I mean, it doesn't It doesn't matter because I'm still tied for first place, but it's like, what a like, specific thing. Like, well, no, you didn't say it in exactly yeah. this exact specific way, so I have to My, dock you points. Look at, right, look at the number whatever. one slot. I gave it to Alex because he was simpatico with me. You were not, so you got docked points for that. It's just the way it works. All right, Cozy, because I'm being such a jerk, I'm going to give you a chance right now to argue why one of your games should be higher than one of the others on the list. See, the problem is I feel like I've been arguing for these two games constantly for the past hour or whatever. It's only been like 20 uh, minutes. Yeah, I know, 20 minutes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say that uh, Metal Gear uh, Rising Revengeance should be above Grand Theft Auto Vice City. And my argument is that I feel like at this point, if um, Rockstar Games were to go back to the drawing board and be like, you know what, we should uh, make another Grand Theft Auto game that's set in the 1980s, set in, you know, cocaine-fueled Miami, they would probably just make an entirely new game. There's no reason for them to take the kind of old shell of Grand Theft Auto Vice City. And I don't say old in the sense to say that it's bad or anything like that but just to say that you know like a lot of other games from its era it's aged and be like let's remake this i think they would just start fresh with an entire new husk and i feel like you the same would not be applied with regards to metal gear rising revengeance okay aj i need you to argue why the story in gta vice city as it exists today is important to a remake of the game in the same vein that the story of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance is important to that game without change. So the reason why Revengeance is important to that game without change is because it's just so happens to be topical today in this nightmare future world we wound up in, in this 
awful timeline. Can, can you we believe found the March ourselves. was? Are you talking about Metal Gear Rising Revengeance? March was only one month. Oh it, my it god! Felt like how a long? Millennia. How, like how many years ago was that? <laughs> wow. Oh man. Continue. <clears throat> Where? Continue. The... <laughs> <laughs> you, you've thrown me off. Now I'm oh, now I'm no. in my dark place again. Thanks. Not the dark place. Oh no. Uh, re- can you re-ask Why your question again? What am I Why is the story as it exists in GTA Vice City important to a remaster as opposed to just using the city with a new story? So the t- the story of Tommy uh, Vercetti. Vercetti. Yes. So the the Vercetti. Yeah. Vercetti. Yeah, Vercetti. Yeah. Been a while. There's an R in there, I think. The 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 story of Tommy Vercetti is actually very of its time, and it's a story that, you know like Scarface and stuff like that is so it can be so highly revered as as a timepiece a, a, a piece of history that even though in GTA's caricature of the 80s it, it, it Tommy Versetti's uh, rags to riches story is one that we can uh, all relate to in the sa- you know in the same way that, we can relate to this nightmare world that we're in right now, but it's time to go back to a happier place. And the eighties were a much better time. And especially the way they were caricaturized and presented in the story of GTA vice city. Sorry. My mic didn't unmute there. I don't know why. Um, this is a hard one because cozy makes such a good point. He always does. He's he so does. good at he's, this. He's, he's so he's, good at this. He's so articulate. I really That's do appreciate that about him. But I think GTA Vice City needs to be remade the way it is. And I can't really put my finger on why. I just really want it myself. And it's my list and I can be selfish. So I'm going to leave it as it is. Mm. You, you know, I do want to point out, and like, I'm not, I'm not going to argue against your ultimate decision. Okay. But in Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, that game does end with you. Spoilers. Uh, Spoilers. Destroying. Spoiler alert. Uh, destroying <laughs> the individual who uttered the phrase, make America great again. While it is a very political game that touches on a lot of modern political themes and subject matter, it is also very much an escapist fantasy as well that allows you to fight back in ways that you can't in real life as well. Yeah, but I feel like I, I feel like if, point that if out that came well, out in today's day and age, it would oh cause quite the ruckus. We might not get video games anymore if that were the case, and I like video games. So if they're going to keep coming, then I need to see GTA Vice City before I see a Revengeance remake. All right, Alex, you've got number one, so you're only arguing for one game here. So what game do you think Mass Effect Andromeda is more deserving of a remake than on this list? Well, you've already said that um, you're going to be selfish with Vice City, so I'm not even going to try that. Uh, So I'm going to go with the number three slot and say Star Wars Republic Commando, (laughs) that Mass Effect Andromeda (laughs) should go above that. I'm so sorry, Cozy. It just so happened. I was going to think about doing a Hail Mary for Vice City, but... I'm not I'm not crazy. So Star Wars Republic Commando was a good game when it came out. It's still a pretty good game on like because I, I have it on PC. I've played it on Steam recently. It's a great game. It's still such oh, yeah. a fun it's shooter. It's a great game. Do, do you want to just spend the rest of your subject talking about how Mass Effect and Andromeda? <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda didn't get a chance to be good because EA sent it to die like they do a lot of things. I think even if you just remade the game but uh, if you just yeah if you remade the game from the ground up taking the story of mass effect andromeda which had potential to be good maybe recontextualize it a little bit like other remakes have done and just let it let it breathe let it get it to be its own thing 
it could be fantastic. It could rival the Mass Effect trilogy, which are titans of games. It could be on that level. It has the potential. It has those characters. Those characters have that potential to be great. And I think that Republic Commando is already a great game now, and so it got its chance to be good. I think let something like Andromeda have that chance. Cozy, why are they all picking on you tonight? Literally everyone argued against know, your man. games. Man, I don't know. Listen, here's my counter argument. I'm not dealing here with possibilities. I'm dealing with absolutes. Uh, a remake of Mass Effect Andromeda could be great. It could rival the Mass Effect, uh, the original Mass Effect trilogy. Okay, fine. A remake slash remaster of Star Wars Republic Commando would be great because the original shell of what it was was and always and well still is really great. You dropped a Star Wars quote on me there, and I like it. Did yeah, I? you were talking about dealing in absolutes. Only Sith deal in absolutes. Oh, that's right. You didn't even wow. realize you were... Oh, goddammit. So I thought you were making that pun intentionally and that I would appreciate it. The fact that you didn't even know you were making it? Fuck it, Andromeda has to go above Republic Commando because I don't Man. appreciate your lack of no, understanding of the Star Wars lore. I didn't want to do it. He made no, do don't it. do it. Andrew Shepard, and this is my favorite list I, on the He made me do it. Can I say something? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I, can I, you can, can I say something though? Like, I mean, but like, what, isn't that the kind of quote that you wouldn't appreciate because it's from the Star Wars prequels? But it's from the it's best from prequel. It's from the best prequel. Well, technically the best prequel was probably Clone Wars. Yeah, but that was like, that was basically the first three episodes of the show. Have you not watched all of the Clone Wars? The, the movie is like basically the first. Not, was like not, the, not the movie. The I meant show. the show. Oh, I've seen I, I most think that of we, Clone Wars. I think that we need to inverse this listing for because Alex hasn't seen all the Clone Wars. I've seen, I've seen the. I, like, I went, I went down the list of like the best arcs and skipped everything else. Fuck it, I'm yeah, changing it back. You skipped Clone that. Wars. I'm changing it back. I've never I done didn't this skip before. Clone Wars. This I watched not, all the this good This has not arcs. happened on this list. This is a new thing for this list, but I'm changing it back. That Andromeda is back down at number seven rather than being at number three because Alex didn't know how to shut up and take his win. So with that being said, at the, I, you know what? I'm just going to keep saying bad Star Wars takes. Uh, Rogue One's a bad movie and deserves to not be a thing. Rogue One's bad. Solo's better. I think KOTOR should be at the bottom of the list all of a sudden. This next round is not going to go good for Alex. So right now the list stands with Hybrid Something from Nathan Last at number Jedi 8. Was a good movie. Mass Effect Andromeda from Alex at number 7. Chrono Trigger from Nathan at number 6. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance from Cozy at number 5. The entirety of the Metal Gear Solid franchise up till 4 by AJ is at number 4. Republic Commandos at 3 from Cozy. GTA Vice City is at 2 from AJ. And for now, KOTOR is at number 1 from Alex. So... We're into round three. This is the wild card round. This is the round where I get to sort of kind of maybe kind of choose what you guys are going to present because that's the way this game is played. So I've got a list of you picked one of them off the list. So I've got a list of 14 games. I've got them sorted by genre. So I've got shooters. I've got sports games. I've got action games. I've got RPGs and I've got platformers. So we're going to go in the order from leading to who is needing the points. So right now, oh, God damn it. We have a three-way tie at first. And then we have Nathan. <laughs> um, <laughs> woo! If you, you know kept the list the way it was previously, it would have been... It was nice and cascading, but Alex yeah. screwed it up. And because Alex screwed it up, he gets to go first. I literally said I watched the, I literally said I watched the best episodes of Clone Wars. Yeah, but Wars. you didn't watch all of them. That context is important. Is it Alex, shooters, Why Alex... 
shooter, sport, mm-hmm. action, RPG, platformer. I'm trying to think of if they would be games that I've actually played. I hope they're not. Because this will be... Yeah. Um, I'm going to say I like first-person shooters. I'll say shooters. I didn't say they were first-person. All right, then. Pick a number between one and four. Got bamboozled. Uh, Three. You need to argue why Siphon Filter deserves to be remastered. Go. Isn't that the one made by Bend? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I think it would be cool because when uh, Days Gone first came out... Days Gone had a lot of throwbacks to Siphon Filter, and there was a there was like a uh, theory going around that they were actually in the same universe, and so making a remake of Siphon Filter could make it relevant to both Days Gone and to that game again, and I think that would be really cool. You didn't play Siphon Filter, did you? Nope. It's a PlayStation <laughs> game. Yes, it was, and I'm glad you picked it because that was not a very good argument, and because of that, that's I could do. I still want to see it, so it's going to go above Andromeda at number seven. I think I think that was. Are a you fun punishing Alex or are you punishing Andromeda? Both. It's hard to I can't, I can't punish one without punishing the other. That's true. It's, it's a catch twenty two, right? They're both Alex's picks, unfortunately. Okay, so now our list looks a little different. Well, actually, no, it's still the same. So I don't want to do another game of rock paper scissors. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt here to do. Why don't you go do, AJ because he got the second pick? Yeah, that works, AJ. I need a genre. Shooter, sport, action, RPG, platformer. Let's go with sport. I need a number between one and three. Two. I need you to tell me why SSX Tricky deserves a remake or remaster. Wow. Have you played SSX Tricky? I have played SSX 3, and I loved it. Good enough. Good enough. Tell me why a game in that series needs to be made. Listen snowboarding games have gone out the window we had amped we had cool borders we had um what was what was that uh, old nintendo one uh 1080 snowboard kids 1080 snowboard kid is another another one let's let's go to the one that truly truly mastered the what like what snowboarding felt like as a kid like what what you anticipated it would feel like and being able to do uber tricks, being able to uh, conquer these mountains and everything. SSX was one of those, not original, because it came out on the P- PS2, GameCube, and Xbox, I believe. Um, the original Tricky. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's, oh man, it's so hard to describe. It, they are, the SSX three specifically is such a good game they they absolutely need to revisit that that whole franchise and come out with either a new one or take us back to the old mountains remake the old mountains in in modern day with a modern day engine modern day technology bring back the old characters because all the oh my god the characters had Simon was my favorite. Uh, he had so much friggin' person. Yeah, that straight jacket, that was super cool. Oh, my God. Now I'm just getting all nostalgic in my darkness. I mean, that's the point of this this game, right? Is to feel nostalgic about things we cared about. Absolutely. And SSX is so good. That wave of nostalgia that washed over you kind of got me, too. 
And for that reason, I'm going to have to put SSX Tricky at number five. Oof. Above Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Oof. Ooh. Well. Which kind of changed the way these rankings are looking, didn't it, boys? It did. All right. So, Cozy, since you were leading when this whole thing kicked off, I'm going to need a genre from you. Shooter, sport, action, RPG, platformer. Uh, platformer. There's only one. We've already talked about it on this show. I need you to tell yeah. me why the rumored Super Mario Galaxy remaster needs to happen. You know, the Super Mario Galaxy games were much beloved by play uh, video game uh, people who. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I, I just yeah. Then I, I, I have people's momentary brain lapses. <laughs> Hello, darkness. Yeah, my I was old in my friend. own darkness. <laughs> and. Na, 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 na. <laughs> the Super Mario Galaxy games were beloved by gamers who own the play, uh, the Nintendo. The play what? Wii. However, the Nintendo Wii. Okay. <laughs> this is not going well for you. I'm just telling you this now. However, the fact of the matter is that there were a generation of gamers who missed out on that. Maybe it were it was gamers that were just a little bit too young at the time to own the Wii. Maybe it was PlayStation and Xbox gamers who didn't see any interest in owning a Nintendo console at that time. Now the Nintendo Switch is out and it's attracted a whole new generation of gamers to the console who didn't previously own the Nintendo Wii. And I'd say, you know, what a better time. There's no better time to basically remaster the original Super Mario Galaxy, maybe also Super Mario Galaxy 2 as well, and, you know, show it off to this entire new generation of players. Every single it's easy to kind of look at the Mario Galaxy games and think at a glance, oh, every single gamer on the planet play those games. The, the reality is that that's not true. There's a large chunk of people that miss out. And I'd say that, you know, in this time that we're living in, we need, uh, you know, positive, uh, challenging, yet supremely satisfying platformers and other kinds of video game experiences to bring a ray of sunshine into our dark days. You saw back there, I myself was suffering from the darkness ever so briefly. <laughs> like, on my, I myself and many other people like me right now need Super Mario Galaxy. And so that's why I think it deserves to go high on this list. Cozy, you couldn't be more right. Super Mario Galaxy is number one on this list by a wide margin, oh. mostly because I had to screw Alex over. What a fake Star Wars fan. Uh. Man, I, I had a redemption. Oh, there. really? Yeah. All right, Nathan, you got some. You got. You got a. You got some catching up to do. I'm okay. just gonna say that now. Um, Not yeah. my best showing. You're gonna. You're gonna. <laughs> you're gonna. You're gonna win this one. I, I. I have faith that you can at least make a good showing of it. So I need a genre: shooter, sport, action, RPG, and there's no more platformers. So one of those four, please. Well, nobody said RPG, so I'll take RPG. All right, this is gonna be a tough one. One of these could be number one for me on my list because it's my list. But we're just going to see if you pick number one or number two. Oh, it's a one, a door A it's or a door B. It's a door A, door B. There is no door C. Uh, door B. All right. You got to argue why Fallout New Vegas is deserving and people are clamoring for a remaster. Can we know what the other one was? Oh, my God. The other one was Pokemon Platinum. <laughs> oh, good. I didn't get that one. <laughs> All right. Fallout New Vegas. Why does it need to be remade? So Fallout New Vegas is the best of the new era Fallout games since Fallout 3. It has the best story. The Mojave, uh, Mojave Desert is the most unique setting that they've been in. Uh, going to Vegas and being on the Strip is just amazing. Great voice work. 
you're not a vault dweller when this one starts off. So it's a little bit different. But the biggest thing that sets Fallout New Vegas apart from the other Fallout games is the way that they built. Not everything was black and white. There were systems of gray involved. And as you made people angry in some things, you'd make other people happy. But it wasn't just like everybody would turn off of you. There were shades of gray all throughout how you would be treated for the decisions you make during that game. And even, and I love Fallout. I've played Fallout 3, New Vegas, and Fallout 4. I think New Vegas is the best of them. And because it wasn't developed by Bethesda, it was developed by Obsidian, a lot of people didn't give it the same chance because it wasn't a numbered Fallout game. But it is the best Fallout. And I think people have been wanting a remake of Vegas and Fallout 3 as a combo package. New Vegas should come out before Fallout 3 because it's the better of the games. There's no question about that. He should go above KOTOR. Because <laughs> that's true. Honestly, New Vegas is awesome. Yeah, I know, but I want a remake of KOTOR more than I want a remake of Fallout New Vegas. And for that reason, I've put Fallout New Vegas at number four on this list, just below GTA Vice City, but above Star Wars Republic Commando. So we've got our list. We've got our winner. From number 10 to number one, we've got Siphon Filter from Alex. Number nine was Chrono Trigger from Nathan. Number eight, we have Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. I said it right this time from Cozy. And number seven, we have SSX Tricky from AJ. Number six is the Metal Gear Solid series from AJ, which is kind of cheating. And number five, we have Star Wars Republic Commando from Cozy. And number four, Fallout New Vegas from Nathan. And our top three, GTA Vice City from AJ, Knights of the Old Republic from Alex, and at number one, Super Mario Galaxy from Cozy. And with that, yes, Cozy is the winner of this game of 5x5. Five five. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say thank you to all of my friends and all and of my And we're out of time. Uh, this I'm going to have historic. to cut you off there. I'm sorry, Cozy, but we have to wrap this thing up. Yeah, I hear somebody needs to go stream or something like that. That's weird. Yeah, before uh, that person has to go stream, however, uh, we want to let people know that our topic of the show for next week is actually already decided. I was getting to that. Uh, I know. <laughs> I had a great transition and everything. You just blew it. It's fine. I'm sorry. So next week, our topic of the show is going to be a game of player's choice, which is the one where we build a list together instead of, you know, hating each other like we did this week. And that list is going to be the most important JRPGs of all time, kind of tying into the release of Final Fantasy VII Remake. So you can uh, send any suggestions you'd have for that list. We'll read out some uh, fan submissions. If you want to email us, that's pressyyz at gmail.com. Or you can just DM them to us on Twitter at pressyyz. We'll put up some tweets before we record the next show to try to get some feedback that way as well. And speaking of Twitter, where can everyone be found on the internet? Cozy? You can find me on Twitter at Alex Cozina and on Twitch at Cozy Bear Live. Nathan, where do you hang out on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me at the underscore nmac and writing reviews for ps4blog.net. I talked about how we how I did tw Twin Breaker this week. I also finished my review for Grand Blue Fantasy Versus uh, Arc Systems 2D Fighter, which is beautiful and very easy to get into. AJ, where are you at? You can find me all over the internet uh, at Times Hero, capital T, capital H. Alex, where are you? <laughs> There is so much distaste in that. Hurry um, up. Come on. <laughs> Some of us have places to be. And that place Twitter, is my couch because I'm not allowed to leave the house. On Twitter, <laughs> I am blatantly underscore Alex. And on Instagram, I am blatantly Alex. And you can find me everywhere at Mr. Mitch George. 
And with that being said, thank you for joining us this week, and thanks for playing. Bye! Last Jedi is the best Bye. Star Wars movie.